um, my colleagues in the Wealth Management magazine as well, and, across, and other, other people in CityWire. And we realised that financial education was um, actually a fantastic cause to unique, you know, sort of, well, it's a fantastic cause in its own right, that it had a sort of particular urgency even before the recent events and was somewhat some, a banner that we could rally several audiences around, where, you know, from the sort of smallest uh, one-person band IFA business to wealth management businesses to asset management and insurance and beyond. It seemed like everyone had a role to play um, in this conversation about improving financial education and so many different ways in which they could help, whether on the sort of like on the, on the biggest stage of policy making or uh, in, in sort of smaller but also incredibly effective ways. Uh, and there's, I know a lot of you are engaged with, with some fantastic stuff on, on the ground, so to speak. So that's the idea, and I, I'm fantastic to have you all here. Um, do you want to go, uh, I was going to say left to right, but sort of introduce yourselves, but uh, um, uh, Jane, perhaps just, a, just as a sort of, everyone give a quick introduction who they are and a sort of little bit of just a very sort of brief reason why they're here from a financial education point of view. So I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to nominate you as I go, but Jane, you could, you could start us off. So, uh, my name is Jane Goodland. I am Corporate Affairs Director at Quilter. Uh, Quilter is a large uh, UK um, financial advice, investment solutions and wealth management business in the UK. Uh, we employ uh, around about 4,800 people and we serve around about 900,000 uh, customers in the UK and, and, and selected overseas markets. And um, the reason that I'm here today is that I've been spearheading the organisation's work on financial education since 2016 and, and have um, kind of first-hand experience of creating initiatives in this space, one of which is a pan-industry um, collaborative um, initiative called Kickstart Money, but also in terms of sort of direct financial education programmes within uh, our own firm as well. So super passionate about the topic, think it's incredibly important for the industry to get behind. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really a case of, you know, if not now, when. Excellent, thank you. Um, and now Chloe. Hi there, my name is Chloe Moran. I'm a Chartered Financial Planner at Rosen North. Uh, we're a small IFA based in North London. Um, I want to get involved in financial education because I think any education, you know, knowledge is power, it's very important and it has a number of positive implications um, across the board if you're educated, if you know about finances and I think it will have some great um, impacts on young people as they grow up uh, and also think it's important to educate adults as well so i just want to get involved uh, where i can in that space excellent now moving on to uh, sarah elson hi i'm sarah and i'm director and financial planner at berry and oak up in yorkshire um so again a bit like chloe i'm really keen to get involved i think there's a massive gap in the knowledge um, that children are getting my, my son's 15 he's had no financial education no knowledge from his school um only what we've kind of taught him um so i think i'm involved we've been doing quite a bit of work with the local secondary school near us um going in and, and kind of talking to the kids there about um 
I suppose a little bit about money, and we've just got involved with um, another secretary in the area that wants us to go in this next half term um, to go into their assemblies and kind of give some um, presentations on, you know, just how to open a bank account, um, how to look for a phone contract. They've, they've literally got no idea. So we found that the particularly the sixth form teachers, they're the people I've been speaking to, are really receptive for us going in and speaking to the kids. Um, okay. I think it, it's you know there's some there's some good signs out there that people are wanting us to get involved and help. Fantastic. Uh, it's moved straight to you, Jess. Uh, so, Je Jess, uh, tell me who, who are you? <laughs> Hiya. Um, so, I'm a financial planner from Critchley Financial Planning in Oxford. Um, I basically wanted to be a part of this because it's been something that I've been quite passionate about since becoming an, an advisor. Um, I've probably been advising about three years now, but because I'm quite a young advisor, I have a lot of my, my friends come to me and um, we, we often talk about the lack of financial education that's provided in schools now. And I also link it quite closely to mental health and stress worries, something that I'm quite a big advocate of um, and I'm passionate about as well. So I think that sort of any, any guidance or any help that, it can we can offer or we can just get on some sort of platform out for people will make a really big difference fantastic and uh, anthony you're you're here displayed as, as tony um, <laughs> i'm not sure which one you, you prefer but uh, anthony west yeah it makes perhaps introduce yourself yes um, i'm anthony west but uh, please please call me tony um basically i'm an advisor and director with uh, matthew douglas limited um we just pretty much cover the um, sort of east anglia um with about 600 clients um, so we're, we're, not, we're not small, but we're not big, um, which is kind of, you know, nice, nice size in the middle. But um, for me, financial education has really kind of um, kind of come more to the forefront of my thoughts uh, since my son was born about three and a half years ago. And um, it was a bit of a sort of a lightning moment in suddenly realizing, well, wait a minute, you know, you're responsible for someone, you know, in, in bringing up someone and, um, you know, having an impact on their life and um you know he's he's quite fortunate that we're financially stable and well educated so it then kind of made me think well there's actually that there are other people and kids in, in in our local area that won't be in the same position and and actually it's it's quite important to to kind of give something to to those that need it when it comes to financial education because i think once they get that right it, it then has a massive impact on other areas of their life be it you know just in general with their well-being but um you know also in the quality of their life brilliant thank you and and finally uh well, last but not least uh carl uh clark um yeah but carl you uh, explain uh what your role is uh is because it's you know, a bit different to, to everyone else here yeah sure so my name's carl clark uh and i work for the organization my bank as an education officer so my role is to be in schools three four five times a week uh, giving young people financial education on a variety of different bases. Um, we don't only work with schools, we also work with leading care teams, at school provisions, sometimes prisons. Um, so we do a range of different works trying to give people a financial awareness and a financial education that I definitely didn't have when um, I was the age of the young people I teach, I guess. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much, everyone. Uh, so uh, I've sort of set a bit of an agenda around, but uh, one of the things I wanted to do is just first of all, it's just explore the various activities that you all do. And I know you've all uh, sort of said a little bit about what you do already, but just as a sort of show of hands, I suppose, who's involved with sort of, go, you know, go, well, I think you might all be doing this, but who's involved in going in and giving talks 
to groups of kids? How are you? How are you doing? I'm imagining that sometimes I read about uh, these school visits and we write about this and they say that I've, I've gone in and done a seminar with, you know, a lesson with, with kids about financial ed education, but I, I'm really still very in the dark about what actually goes on there. So perhaps someone who's involved with that could kick us off and explain the sorts of things they do. Anyone can start. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my, my job basically entails going into a school from sort of mostly half day, sometimes the whole day. Uh, and depending on what age group we're working with, depends on what we are delivering or what we're focusing on. So if I'm working with Key Stage 3, which is year 7 to year 9, uh, 11 to sort of 14, we focus mainly on things like uh, how Abbott's and slogans sort of influence you to spend money and to try and get them to think about handling their money with them thinking what they need that money for over what the world is telling them what they need to spend their money on. So giving them a, a basic financial education. As we move into sort of year 10 and 11, we look more into things like what you need money for. So national what, what national insurance is and what taxes. We look at different ways of earning money, what minimum wages. Um, and then we look at things like borrowing and debt. So we look at a range of different things depending on what age, sorry, on, depending on what age uh, we're working with. And we do that by coming in and doing double periods with the young people. So sometimes it's two hours, sometimes it's a uh, hundred minutes. And, and that's kind of what we try our, our best to cover in secondary schools specifically. And how, like, how do they respond to that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> generally, is it, you know, I don't know what, when I was at school, it's probably a difficult kid, uh, we had to do something that was sort of extracurricular, but perhaps, perhaps, I don't know, but you, you tell me, but I, you know, what, what's the you know response what, that, you that, like? That is a really good question because different young people respond differently to different trainers. So okay. most of the time, when I walk into a classroom, my look, the way I dress, I am 34 years old, but I dress like I'm 20. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people respond to me by being really interested in what I've got to say and my own personal life and how I personally spend money. And my job, I guess, is made a little bit easier than some other trainers who, who come in, but we all got sort of our MyBank t-shirts and MyBank jumpers, uh, but they respond differently depending on the face of what walks into the classroom. But it only takes about 10 minutes for everybody to get on the same level playing field. And young people start to respond very similarly to all of our trainers because of the types of things we start talking about. A lot of our trainers talk from a personal point of view, as well as the sort of PowerPoint presentation and activities that we got. So very quickly, it goes from what is this to, oh, I'm getting to speak about things I don't usually get to speak about. And then the session takes care of itself. Oh, Will, can I just um, give a perspective? So Quilt has been working with my bank since 2016, hmm. and um, and I've been in more sessions now than I can count. Um, <laughs> I think it's really important to to regularly for someone like me to go and see the kind of contemporary sessions that have been done, both at primary school level but also secondary. And one of the things that Carl was saying was around kind of that engagement with with pupils. And, and it's one of the things that I, I, I literally can't stress enough about, about the difference between someone who is skilled at engaging a classroom of 30 children and someone who is, who is kind of a financial expert. 
And quite often colleagues will say to me, I want to go and do a financial education um, class in school. And, and I, I'm always a little bit reluctant to say, look, you know, loving the kind of enthusiasm, but when was the last time you held 30 kids' attention for, for, a whole, for a whole lesson? It's incredibly, incredibly difficult. And the MyBank trainers are absolutely amazing. I mean, hats off to them. They make it fun. You know, what could be a potentially dry scene as a dry subject, they make it engaging and fun because I remember the first session I went into, one of the kind of first kind of icebreakers was about trying to work out what was more expensive, you know, sort of a Beyonce's gold hot pants or Jay-Z's, you know, unknown car or something. These are sort of things that at the time the young people are connecting with and it's all kind of kept very, very contemporary as well. So, and very at their level. So in terms of the, I, I personally, I would never go and deliver a session myself because I know my limitations because I've seen people like Carl do it really, really well. <laughs> but that's well, not to say that financial professionals can't do it, but it's, you know, we shouldn't underestimate the, the difficultness of yeah. um, the difficulty of engaging children. And, and the skills that are required, no doubt. Well, that's a good good opportunity to ask some of the others what what their experience is then. Um, so sort of you know perhaps pick Tony just as uh, so just that just randomly. But but how have you you know just with that in mind, what's been said in mind? What's it been like for you when you've gone into schools and how have, how have you approached engagement? And, you know what do you what do you think? Yeah, um, I mean, I went in with um, a chap called Jordan, um, who works for um, a, a, a sort of a local enterprise partnership. So he he, do, he deals with speaking to um, uh, lots of different schools and manages um, what are called the enterprise advisors. And so it's a network of professionals that um, effectively volunteer their time um, for financial education um, in, in different areas. And um, I, I mean, I went into a school in Ipswich, it, it wasn't a school that I'd been to before. Um, it was a mixed ability group. So they had some um, uh, sort of disabled kids in there. They had some um, sort of full ability sort of kids in there. And it is, you know, you stand in front of a room full of kids and you kind of, you know, you suddenly feel like I'm a Christ, you know, they're, they're judging me here. Um, because <laughs> you know, Jordan kind of goes into those schools a lot. He was able then to introduce me um, if there were any sort of, um, sort of gaps with silence. He, he you know, he, he sort of fill them in, and and yeah, you know, after that first go, it's it's definitely something I'd feel a bit more confident with. But you know, it's like like anything, you know, you need practice makes perfect. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm employed to be a financial advisor, not not to be in schools twenty four seven. So it's it's one of those things that I'm only ever going to get so good. And it's it definitely is helpful to have have someone alongside um, to help out with. But um, I mean. The, Sorry, go on, Will. Yeah, no, as I say, I would just ask, ask the others how, how they've approached it. Have you been, Sarah, Chloe, uh, Jessica, have you been going in solo? Uh, what's, your, what's your pitch, basically? When they're, they're all the kids, the kids are stood, they're sat there, they're looking at you, waiting for something amazing, or maybe hoping you'll get it wrong. That's probably more the case. Um, so what, what's, the, uh, what's the pitch? What are you, what are you selling to them? Um, for me to go, I've yeah, I, Sarah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I've been in twice, only twice so far, but to sixth form both times. And the, the school actually, um, I contacted them offering financial help, and they asked us to go in. Actually, we ended up having, they asked us to deliver a session on interview techniques, so rather than finance. Um, okay. 
I've got that in the next term. Sure. Yes, just go in and talk to the sixth form kids about how to prepare themselves for interviews. Um, I, I suppose I cheated a little bit because both times we had an intern in with us over the summer. Um, so I got them to help me make the uh, like a PowerPoint presentation that they thought would be engaging um, to the kids. So we had things yeah. in it like epic CV fails and things like that. So <laughs> they kind of worded it and that yeah. made it a lot easier. And the second time our intern was actually back because they don't live far from the office. So he actually came in with me when I presented and that was an awful lot easier because I noticed yeah. particularly you know young 18 year old guy presenting the girls were a lot more interested listening to him than they were and it was quite <laughs> interesting and I thought I'm, I'm not too bad at presenting but he was just on their wavelength and they were kind of you know listening because he'd been there he'd even explained about what he did for his yeah. interview when he came to us so I found it did it did help taking somebody in that either gets them or is on their wavelength a bit like what Carl was saying um yeah little sidekick um chloe and jess are you, are you similar similar experiences you're you're uh, i think i think younger than i, so I i've been involved so, you know. um, with uh sort of slightly older teenagers so i've gone okay. further sessions that i've done a few sessions that were organized by uh, the cii in their offices and i decided to go okay. for the older children because it's probably something a little bit more manageable uh, i used to be a swimming teacher so uh, I had kids that were a lot younger and they are very, very difficult to engage. So I thought if I'm going to start something, I'll go in, you know, at the shallow end as it were, um, and do something slightly easier. Um, so they were fairly easy to engage. They're all quite interested um, in the topic. Uh, but the other things I've been involved in uh, is with the local school around here um, where I live in St. Albans. And I've been going in and helping them uh, learn how to network um, and things like that and telling them about my job and what, financial planning is all about yeah. because I mean I personally left university had no idea what financial planning was like most people accidentally fell into it um so yeah it, that was quite interesting because there was a range of children from who are older adults who were sorry young adults who were sick form age yeah. and then we also had some year eights so they were I think 12 and 13 so they were yeah a little bit more challenging right well there's a few things there just before we move on one thing i want to pick up on is you mentioned the ci cii yes uh so so they've got a, a financial education uh scheme you you took part in perhaps you can explain a bit about that yeah so um i got involved in the education champions um scheme and it was originally a board game they've now changed yeah. it i haven't done any of the new stuff yet what i did was the old board game uh, which was interesting because it it's the scheme was aimed i think at quite a broad range of ages um right. so it's quite difficult to have the same sort of base and tailor it to different ages because yeah. i think yeah. maybe for the slightly younger adults it was more difficult for them to be engaged in it because it was aimed at maybe slightly younger children. So mm. that mm. that was a challenge. But I think it's really good that, that a lot of these organisations have something for you to use as a base to go in with so you're not just going in blind and designing something yourself. Mm. And Jess, just so I'll ask you, what's, what's your experience been? Yeah, so, so I actually probably had a bit more of a different experience because um, I started out sort of going to career fairs and um, aimed at sort of um, sick form age. And with that, doing a sort of a brief presentation on what is financial planning. I haven't done any sort of direct school visits. But after I went, after I did a couple of these career fairs, I decided that I wanted to try and do more schools. And I reached out to lots of schools, but I actually found I got quite a negative response. A lot of schools didn't, weren't, either didn't get back to me or 
or basically I just didn't get much response. So then that's why I sort of changed my tactic and I'm sort of trying, trying to think of ways that I can get go for more of a digital on, online way of, of helping rather than um, going in and out in schools okay. or, or going via the um, via programs and things like that. Yeah. I find it's, yeah. on, on your own, it's really, really hard to sort of get out and and sort of and, and reach out to people. That's, yeah. what, that's what I found so far. So yes, no, right. So you're doing. Uh, no, you're using using uh, social media uh, to, to to create some some sort of a, a platform. Is that right? Of, of, yes. Uh, to talk about. So to, perhaps to talk. To, yeah. So so um, so basically, what how I've, what I've got so far is um, I feel like many children nowadays are using um, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. But there's loads of sort of social media apps, and you're finding that more more and more children are using these rather than sort of watching TV and, and things like that. So if there's a way that we I could sort of reach out or make finance fun or via those sort of platforms, then they, they might get more reach or they might be able to get out to more people. So um, I've literally in the last couple of weeks launched an Instagram page um, where I'm doing daily posts covering sort of standard financial topics sort of covering um, income tax, bank yeah. accounts, compound interest, right. and um, just trying to spread it out to more of the, the younger, the, the younger sorts um, people really. Yeah, yeah. And you've, and you've, been, get, and you've been getting some uh, good, good uh, yeah, action um, with that. Yeah, I'm up to 112 um, followers in five days. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always need to uh, start start with one follower. You know, you can only yeah. Really get, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Carl, Carl, something that's come up a couple of times here has been age groups uh, and sort of the different things. And I think something you mentioned was what works well with different age groups. And of course, actually coming into this, I actually hadn't thought too hard about yeah. who what age group needs financial education or what would be a, a, an appropriate age to start or whether you could actually deliver a financial education to someone who's quite young but perhaps you could explain how you approach it and whether it's possible to deliver different programs to a wide variety of uh, a wide range of age groups yeah, so we, we've literally cemented working from what we call key stage two, so seven, eight years old. Um, and we have started to develop for key stage one as well, but that's that's still in the process. So we start as young as seven and we go all the way up to age 25. And we start very basic. So when we're dealing with uh, kids that are seven, eight years old, our focus is about delayed gratification, about the, the need... Young people sort of want things now and think you can get things as soon as you ask for it. They don't really understand that they need money in order to pay for things. So we start on the little basis of giving them a basic understanding that money is what we use to pay for things. Money is finite. It does run out. It is not infinite. Uh, and then we give them a little bit of education of you can get something right now but you can also save towards something and you can get yourself something better in the future. And then we sort of progress from those sort of little exercises into moving into more secondary schools where they do have a better understanding of money. Or, or when I say better understanding, I think they've got an understanding of money, but they don't understand exactly how much things cost or how much things they can get for how much money they got. So it's about giving them an understanding of exactly how far their money will go. 
Yeah. And then we build on from there when they're getting older into sort of the later stages of life into what they're actually going to need money for in life. And the reason why we start so young is because habits are formed by the time you are sort of seven, eight years old. So a lot of the time you take those habits into your adult life. And our job is to try and get to them before they look at money as something that grows in trees. So it is it's complicated to, to explain because we touch on so many different ages in so much different ways, but that is the basis of how, of how we work. We start off very small, very simplistic, and then we move into things that are harder to understand. And I, I just think it, it's very helpful to give young people the opportunity to speak about money because what we often don't get is the opportunity to speak to adults about money because we're always, as adults, as a parent myself, we tend to not speak about money to our to our kids. So they don't have an understanding of what it means and how much things cost and why this person can afford what they can afford and why I can't or can. So it's trying to it's trying to get it right at the right ages, I guess. Hope that answers your question. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. And I think a few people were nodding there when you mentioned how difficult it is to talk to adults about money, that adults don't talk about their children. The financial planners in the room, does that strike a bit of a chord to you in terms of your experience of what clients come to your door with? Is that perhaps why you want to get involved in financial education in the first place? Yeah, I mean, we get quite a lot of clients asking us to, or we offer to speak to their children. So we do what we call our ACORN service. So we get the children or grandchildren of our clients to come in and kind of go through bank accounts with them and what is a pension, what is an ISA and things like that. So again, I don't think the parents feel comfortable doing it because they're they're happy to kind of let us do it for them. And I think that that again is probably because the parents themselves don't feel educated enough to explain to their children either that they... They, they might not want to, to sort of talk about it with their children if they don't fully understand it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, there's a, a stat from the Money Advice Service that says that 55% of UK adults say that they don't understand enough themselves to plan for their future. So when you kind of combine that with other stats around only a third of adults talk to their um, parents, talk to their kids about money, you start seeing why it's so important, personally, why why the school curriculum is so important. Because basically, if we've got adults who don't understand this, and those adults aren't talking to kids about money, and money isn't something that anyone really talks about at all, then the only other avenue that we have to kind of get to people is through schools. And that's why in 2016, we created about money to start that sec- that primary school intervention with my bank um, yeah. because we knew that kind of the, our behaviours and relationship with money starts around the age of seven. So they might not know about kind of actual money, but they certainly get an appreciation of things they want and need and whether or not, you know, mum and dad are spending a lot or not spending a lot and whether or not they're being told that, you know, you need to save up for things or whether you can have things now. So um, school is so important. It's it's a, it's a permanent feature of children's lives, and we we, I, for me, I just think getting it on the curriculum in an effective way is, is critical. 
Well, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Just move on to that in just a second, because I think you think this is very important to question about what needs to happen. But just just one question I had, which was why financial education is important. And I think I think we sort of we could all understand. We also have an intuitive understanding of why. But interesting to hear, perhaps you know, what to see your thoughts on what's happening right now. For example, that you know you have a lot of people who have been out put out of work. Terrible things happen. You know, I don't know how I'd cope if I suddenly lost my job. Um, I'm the self-employed, of course. You know, it's, it's terrible what's happening. But but also, you know, you do feel that. That, that as a population, people aren't well prepared. You know, uh, they haven't, you know, got perhaps as enough savings, or they have too much debt, or whatever. They're, they're, they're not in a, they're still, or not even even in an ordered situation when it comes to their finances. I mean, without sort of perhaps dwelling on too much of the, the extreme situations that we're in. Um, I mean, financial education across across the education across the board is, you know, that what in terms of the problems that it could be solving, it's. You know what is it? It's just is it is it is it some of this extreme stuff and that people don't have enough put by, or or is it more sort of you know day to day that we could you know everyone's life would just be improved a little bit by, you know have, having a bit more now, so I suppose. I mean, so, for, for example, I mean, do you do you know? Well, I'm, I'm going to fast move on for that question. I'd like to chip in because I mean, yeah. so basically, the money charity issued their latest figures today, and this is all pre-crisis, pre-crisis. Yeah. As a nation, we have seventy-two billion pounds worth of credit card debt. We have an average of a four thousand two hundred pounds of unsecured debt per UK adults. Right. We have eleven point five million people with no or less than £100 saving. So we have a situation where, you know, this is, you know, we have kind of an existential issue here, which is, which is so important that I just, this is about the difference between kind of people managing and being on the poverty line, basically, and coupled with that, the impacts on social relationships and mental health. I just... Yeah. This is a really big deal, really big, and it's going to be made even worse by this latest crisis. Because actually, I think what the coronavirus will will show it will it will reveal the extent of our vulnerability as a nation. Yeah. Um. And and a, and it, it it's not going to end well, unfortunately. Financial education is just one thing that we can look to mm. to build more resilience in the future. And I, I, one of the things you were sort of saying there is about lobbying government, uh, you know, or, or getting put on the the curriculum. Um, I mean, is that is that something? Is it is it worth trying to get on the curriculum? I I remember when my own wife worked for a, a charity, they were trying to get first aid put on the curriculum or, or, or made it mandatory to put in schools. Often you'll hear uh, politicians say, "Well, look, there's a long list of things that people want on the curriculum. Every cause, every charity wants their thing on the curriculum." And so, in a in a way, they use that as a bit of a, a straw man. They say, "Well, we can't put them all on." So you know, either join the queue or or, or none of you. You know, it's, it's not feasible. Yeah. Um, do you hear that a lot? And do, do you think it's still something still worth trying to push for for this thing, and in, in particular to, to 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 get put into schools more formally? It's my understanding that financial education has been on the national curriculum since 2014. I don't know if it's changed. Oh, wow, okay. I, <laughs> it, I might be wrong. Um, yeah. But I think one of the main issues with it is equipping teachers with the skills to teach financial education because right. if they don't okay. understand it themselves and they don't have you know, an agenda to go through, then how are they supposed to teach the children? 
Okay. Well, I think there's, there's well, more that can be done from government. It's um, one of the things that happened, Will, is that it got put on the curriculum for secondary schools in 2014, correct? Okay. It's held as this big victory. Woo, you know, we got it on the curriculum. What didn't happen, which vitally didn't happen, was, was asking questions about how does this get delivered effectively? Because mm. you don't simply put something on the curriculum and then expect it to happen. So as Chloe said, it's absolutely critical that we equip teachers to deliver those subjects in an effective manner because effective financial education is, is the operative word um, to make sure that it has the outcomes, you know, intended. Um, but in primary schools, we don't have anything on the curriculum at all. And so that's what Kickstart's lobbying for. And we have something like, we've had, I don't know exactly the number, but we've got four, at least 40 MPs who publicly support what we're doing at Kickstart Money and have put their names and faces on our website. And we get, uh, we've had the Chancellor in, well, the past Chancellor in, we've had lots and lots of MPs coming and seeing the sessions in schools to see exactly what we're doing. And so right. from, yeah. from, from my perspective, I think it's really important to get it on the, on the curriculum. Yeah, I, I would also add, it is on the curriculum, but what <laughs> schools tend to do is bring in organisations like my bank to deliver it. So they're not getting it throughout the year, they're getting it as a one hit, my bank coming in or another charity coming in and talking to them about money. It's not the teachers who are educated to deliver. Well, you know, there's two interesting things there. One, clearly there needs to be, uh, someone needs to be uh, supporting the teachers there. But also, you know, what I also, you know, what I wanted to talk about was why should, uh, you know, advice firms and wealth management firms get involved? Um, and perhaps, there, you know, it sounds like there possibly is a role here. And, and Carl, maybe you, could, you, you can jump in whenever you want if, if you think yeah. I'm going down the wrong avenue. But it, there is a role here to, for, for those businesses that obviously have, the, the huge understanding that they that they have of, of finance to support teachers and schools somehow, um, or either, whether either they're, they're telling talking to teachers about how to teach it, or 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 being supported by teachers to deliver their knowledge in a in a kind of um, you know in a, in, a, in a useful way to, to young people. Um, is is would that is that a, would that be a useful thing for for, for those for you know uh, advice businesses and wealth management businesses to be doing? Um, I think, I think yes. I think finance is one of those things where different people have a different perspective of what's important about finance. So I think having a range of different people coming to talk to young people about money is great, but also having teachers to be educated themselves on the basis and the basics of finance is something that I think is very important. But I don't think it should stop other organisations coming into schools and teaching them about finance from their point of view. Because I, I literally wear, wear two hats, whether I'm in a conversation like this or whether I'm in a classroom. And one of those hats is I work for my bank. This is what my bank asks me to deliver and what they think is important. And there's also my own personal life and all the financial mistakes that I've made that I will never leave out of a classroom. I will literally tell young people some of the things in my life that I misunderstood when I was growing up when it came to money. So just one small example is I didn't understand how credit card worked. I didn't understand what interest meant, but I did understand one thing. It was going to get me the pair of trainers that I wanted. So I'm going to use the credit card. I didn't understand the damage that was going to do to me in the future. But then at the same time, a credit card is also uh, a financial tool 
that can be very useful for you that also the banks give to you as a way of getting yourself out of a hole. So a bank's perspective of how you use a credit card and my view of how you use a credit card are very, very different. Yeah. But young people need both sides of the education to make a decision for what they think is best for where their lives are at. So it's it's a, it's teamwork, I guess. Anthony, I saw I saw you nodding along a bit there. Um, I think I'm interested, you know, what where, how much of that tallies with what are perhaps your reasons for getting involved already, and perhaps your own aspirations or, or ideas that you might have had for doing things in the future. Yeah, I mean, it was just interesting what Carl was saying about credit cards. Um, and um, I mean, the, the session I did um, at this local secondary school was uh, around uh, different types of debt and the different interest rates. So we actually, um, I came up with a chocolate coin game. And so it was just something to really kind of help the kids get engaged. Um, and uh, effectively what we did is we gave um, 10 chocolate coins to one kid. Uh, and he was, he was, we called it bad debt. I didn't really like the name bad debt because it, it depends what you're using it for. But uh, and the interest rate on that was, you know, 10%. And then um, the other kid had uh, was given 10 coins and had an interest rate of 2%. And we sort of fast forwarded after so many years and said, right, you now owe us so many coins extra. Mm. And they paid that back. And at the end of it, you know, we were saying to them, look, you know, I'm the bank. I've got all these gold coins how many coins have you got left? And, you know, the, the kid with the bad debt had none. The kid with the good debt had a few. And it was, you know, look, this money can be used in, in a certain way, but you've got to be mindful of what you're paying back because the bank's not a charity. They are a business and, you know, they, they, they've got shareholders and people like that to pay. The I think from what I've seen so far, and it's helped, you know, sort of meeting Carl and, and hearing about what my bank does is that, um, I think, you know, you've got the CII, you've got my bank, uh, Ipswich Film Society, sort of closer to home for me. I think lots of companies have kind of like this framework for how they, how schools could deliver financial education and useful bits um, that they could use. But obviously, it's not all the same thing. I think yeah. the, the lovely thing with a curriculum is that it's, it's, it's kind of uniform. You know, if you, if you start doing your secondary school journey in one school, you can pick it up in another school because, you know, they're, they're all following this general sort of flow of a curriculum. Um, you don't necessarily get that, I don't think, with financial education in that, you know, it, it's not sort of a big part of the curriculum yet. So you kind of, it, it's a little bit disjointed. Um, and like Carl says, it's, you know, you'll get one session a quarter maybe, but, uh, you know, is that really kind of regular enough for, for kids to kind of have it in their in their minds like they you know like they do with English maths and science and stuff like that yeah so it sounds like you know whatever whatever people do whether it's on, on the curriculum or started you know to, to do their own activities it's going to be best if it's coordinated in in somehow that there's a central resource yeah, and if, if you could have someone um you know be it a, co a collection of charities or uh, you know the department of education whoever to kind of come up with a bit more of a kind of a uniform approach you know people can put their own nuances into it you know in the same way that teachers do um with their own classes um so you're always going to get something different in delivery and you need that for the individual groups that you're teaching to, to kind of engage with it but i think if there could kind of be something that was kind of like right you know here's kind of a bit more of a framework for what you need to cover and these are the timescales to cover it off at least that way you'd, you'd get maybe a bit more of a, a structure to it across the country um which, which might then mean that it's a bit more easy to deliver but it's it, it's something that maybe has a bit more of an impact uh, as well 
That does exist, actually, Anthony. So uh, the Financial Education Forum, which is a collection of interested parties in financial education, um, have this thing. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's a framework, and it's mainly outcomes-related. I'll try and dig it out after the round table. But it basically looks at the sorts of outcomes that you'd want to be trying to achieve at different key stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I totally agree. I think that... Well, there's a couple of points. One is I don't think there is one single delivery method which is going to kind of work for every school. Um, so I think we have to look at a blend and a package of different approaches. Yeah. But also I think that we do need kind of a consistency of outcomes because, you know, where schools choose to bring in people from external or they choose to train up their own teachers, we do need to ensure that people are getting a consistent message and a consistent story. Um and, and I think that, you know, we do have the kind of the acorns of that, but I think that um, we need to generate more interest in the topic um, to effectively get that kind of more widely adopted. Mm. What you've probably got at the moment is there's lots of people like ourselves that are small firms that are all contacting their local schools and all going in and doing something they probably created themselves. So we're all doing it different ways. And it'd be nice to have a, a way, even if yeah. it was just nice to be able to follow. So we, you know, I'm happy to go in and do the sessions. It's just, it'd be nice to have some structure to know I'm delivering the most useful message to the children at the same time. And that's why I think it's really important that at some point we have conversations with, um, with, with the regulator, actually, I think, in terms of, because we've got so much kind of like, um, well, there's so patchy provision going on. So patchy provision geographically, patchy provision in terms of consistency of content and narrative and age groups, that there has to be something which which brings all this together. And one, you know, we are a highly regulated industry. And so we have to, I think, look at, you know, those that regulate us and engage those in the conversations because surely the FCA has a role in this in terms of, you know, they're interested in consumer protection, right? So fundamentally, they should be interested in, in getting consumers to a position where they're sufficiently informed to engage properly in their financial life. Yeah. So that's next on my hit list of uh, audience to tackle, but I, sus- I suspect they're probably quite busy right now. <laughs> and also, we're just working together. I mean, you hear this, the success that Carl's having from, from his his tactics and, and the way the methods are sort of planned and aimed at different age ranges, that if that can all sort of be adopted or, or used in a way of us all coming together rather than sort of throwing different things at different 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 angles, I think. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think that's, that's, no, that's excellent to hear because, I, uh, yeah, as you say, different, you know, tailoring it to different age age groups as as was obvious some people are more comfortable with some age groups than others but then also you know obviously some some games some approaches work some don't some you know so to have it there does need to be uh, a toolbox um uh, and, and some sort some sort of like set things set pieces that you might want to go through if you wanted to get involved um i mean carl it's, it's my bank i mean you sorry you know um jane you mentioned uh what one body already that provides some resources but would you be able to go to i mean what does my bank help firms if, you, if they approached you uh and wanted to get involved uh or, or, or other resources out there that you could suggest um, I th- so we do work with di- different organisations, helping them to um, do things themselves. But mainly, my bank take my bank 
take information from others and then deliver what we think is best to deliver. Right. However, we are currently working on training teachers to deliver different criteria. So we are giving uh, teachers different PowerPoints and different exercises they can do with their young people in schools. So to answer, to, to actually answer your question, I, I'm going to go with I don't know what my bank do above above me, I guess, when it yeah. comes to working with other organisations. Sure. So my, I know we work with teachers to make sure they can deliver, but I'm not sure how much we work with different organisations to give them criteria that we can deliver, they can deliver. So, I mean, there are other organisations, so like there's PFEG, there is, um, uh, what's it called, Money, I can't oh, remember. Names. Yeah, so there's, there's definitely... There's, there's lots of different things, right? Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, is all of these are on... I mean, my bank basically is a charity, right? So constantly, obviously, interested in sort of getting funding. Lifesavers yeah. um, is basically... Um, it's got a kind of a strong faith-based uh, origin and was uh, uh, sort of set up uh, post the... with the um, Archbishop at Canterbury set it up Oh. Uh, charities had different funding streams. Virgin Money got involved in uh, life savers, I think, but then, you know, they don't fund that anymore. The point is, is we don't have a sustainable way to be delivering this stuff because actually yeah. we're relying on charities who, frankly, yeah. can rely on kind of effectively kind of support from corporate sectors, which is going to become incredibly hard as we go through this kind of, no doubt, kind of recessionary period and charities are going to probably feel more constrained than others. So, which is why I think we need to look for more of a sort of sustainable response. Yeah, and I think uh, that was where sort of some of the easy wins I talked about in my note were. But I think I think was not something we can we can resolve uh, right now. But it looks like you know one one thing that could happen is for uh, you know perhaps us to to take to take a lead here and trying to get biz different businesses of different kinds si signed up to the same thing. Uh, and if pe where people because we run lots of stories about firms like yourselves going in and doing a bit of this, bit of that. But as you say, it's very patchy. It doesn't necessarily as effective as it could be um and uh if everyone was doing knew which bit of the puzzle they were putting in uh and doing the bits that, and knowing and doing stuff that's tried and tested and, and adheres to a consistent narrative and a consistent thing for, for those kids uh that i mean from my point of view i think that'd be quite exciting um because hopefully you know there are not a lot of businesses out there they could all if they all gave a little bit uh, would, would hopefully add up to, to a lot, um, and the sort of side by sort of side by side with what's going on with the curriculum. Yeah, I'd love to um, pick up with you afterwards, uh, Will, because Kickstart Money is a collaboration of twenty existing twenty firms, which funds, which is the thing I co-chair. So we've got twenty yeah. leading financial services firms backing it already. So oh, we've, already got, we've already got kind of a like collaboration and momentum since two thousand and sixteen. And we're looking at how we can evolve that. So Kickstart Money is looking at saying, okay, we've got one delivery mechanism through my bank, but actually, is there a role for Kickstart to be more of this kind of um, meeting of the minds, a common framework, you know, looking at other delivery mechanisms, um, you know, having a sort of research research stream to it, having kind of policy intervention. So we're, we're, there is already sort of start, and it would be great to partner with CityWire on that to see how we could kind of get the message out more broadly, because 
I think we've we've done an amazing job so far, um, and it's really about kind of continuing that and growing growing the following almost. And you know, Sarah, Tony, uh, you know, Chloe, and Jessica, you know, if with that sort of thing that you'd you'd like to get involved with, you know, being able to join your your smaller firms absolutely, to, to yeah, a bigger thing like that, definitely. Excellent. Good. Oh, it's a, it's agreed then. <laughs> no, right. Thanks, Jane. Cheers. The deal done. Okay. Um, certainly, certainly, because there's there's a there's a long tail of smaller firms that are obviously very passionate about this and have incredible local connections as well. And I think yeah. it's that sort of marrying the sort of the firepower of the big organisations like yourself, uh, which obviously you know you do have local connections, but the marrying that with with some of these sort of you know with these the the, the more local firms, you know, it's a lot of people who are, who are part of our regional awards and things like that and our regional news um, yeah. who are doing fantastic jobs there um, I think is, is part would, would be exciting here. Yeah.